Hey, if you have your Bible with you this morning or your tablet or your phone or however you access the scripture, we're just going to read a couple of scriptures here this morning. And I'm going to share with you what I feel like the Lord has laid upon my heart for this service. And I'm going to ask you to turn over to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 5, and we're going to read verse 1 and verse 2. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and verse number 2. Paul is, of course, writing. And he writes in the book of Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. It is that first verse that I really want to key in on this morning and minister to you on a subject that I've entitled Justified by Faith Alone. Bow your heads and let's pray. Father, we are so very, very grateful for the presence of the Holy Spirit that we sense here in this place. Thank you for these that have gathered here today and thank you for those that are watching by the internet and on the YouTube channel. I pray that your presence will just be felt not only here but there. I ask, Lord, that your anointing will just give us divine ability and divine capability. I pray that you would use me as an instrument in your hand to speak your word. I ask, Heavenly Father, that you would anoint me and help me to be a blessing. Put your words in my mind and your words in my mouth. Let them come forth under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and let them fall upon ears that are touched of God to hear and to receive what you would have us to speak here today. I pray that Jesus will be glorified and that the people of God will be edified, that you will have your way. Touch our hearts now, I pray. Give us liberty in the name of Jesus, we ask. And for all of these things, we will be grateful and thankful and we say them and pray them in the name of Jesus, and if you are in agreement with that prayer, say amen with me. So this morning, that first verse is what I want us to examine more closely. The Apostle Paul says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And there is so much in that one single verse. It's just a short verse. But I pray that the Holy Spirit will enable me to bring out the importance of what Paul is saying to us as believers. As we begin this morning, I want to share with you what God has placed upon my heart. And I want to take a close look at the sacred doctrine of justification. And let me begin by asking a quick question. What does it mean to be justified? 
How can a person be justified? What is it that makes the teaching of justification so important to us? as believers. And before we finish this message today, I hope that we can answer those questions. If you know history, church history, Martin Luther, the great 16th century reformer, called the doctrine of justification, and I quote, the article upon which the church will stand or fall. The article upon which the church will stand or fall. Understand this morning that the doctrine of justification by faith alone is absolutely essential to the gospel because the gospel would cease to be good news. It would cease to be good news if it ceased to declare that we are saved by the accomplishments of Christ and him alone. Let me begin this morning by just pointing out to all of us that the statement concerning our problem, let me just say that uh, because the entire human race has an essential problem, and that problem is so fundamental and so deep-seated and inherent that it is the root of all of our other troubles, We all have a situation. We all have a problem. And that problem can be summed up in this one sentence. God is righteous and we are not. God is righteous and we are not. We could put it a lot of different ways. Amen. God is holy and we are not. God is pure and we are not. God is perfect. And we are not. I know some folk think that they are perfect. (laughs) Hello? Amen. God is absolute perfection. In him there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. That means that he is always the same. He is good. God is just and we are not. God is perfect love and we are not. God is always good and we are not. And beloved, the root cause of our problem is sin. It is because of our sin problem that we were separated from God because God is all of these things that we are not. Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 1. This is what the scripture says. The prophet says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that he cannot save, neither is ear heavy, that he cannot hear. But he says, Your iniquities, your sins, have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. Romans chapter 3 and verse number 23 says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Understand that our our problem, the root of all of our problems is because of our sinful predicament. 
because of our sinful humanity. Something has gone wrong between us and our creator. Something has gone wrong between us and God. Amen. And he is holy and we are not. And there is this vast chasm, a chasm between him and us. We have been separated. God is on one side and the whole of humanity is on the other side. Our sins have profoundly, utterly, and completely separated us from God. Everything that God is, we are not. What we are, God is not. Instead of harmony, there is friction. Instead of friendship, there is enmity. Amen. The whole human race is under the judgment of God if they are in their sin. If you doubt what I say this morning, If you doubt what I say this morning, look in the mirror and answer me truthfully. Is that individual perfect and holy and separated? I tell you this morning that we are not. In our own ability, in our own attributes, we are not holy. We are not righteous. We are not pure. We are not perfect in all of our ways. Amen. And we are not without sin. If we're honest with ourselves, we have to recognize that we have been separated from the Lord because of our inherent sinful nature. Romans chapter 3 and verse number 10, the Bible says these words, It is written, there is none that is righteous, no, not one. Psalms 130 in verse 3, the Bible said, If the Lord should mark iniquities among us, who would be able to stand? Psalms 53 and 3, every one of them has gone back. They are altogether become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Ecclesiastes 7 and 2 or 20 for there is not a just man upon the earth that does good and does not sin that's who we are say Pastor Gary you're not painting a very pretty picture I just want you to understand that's who we are that's who we are at the root of our being that's who we are Amen. Amen. One day the Bible says that uh, the, 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 the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they brought a woman to Jesus that had been caught in the very act of adultery. And they are wanting to stone her and the law said they had every right to do so. And they said to Jesus, what do you say that we should do? And Jesus in his mercy says these words to all of her accusers. You who are without sin, you cast the first stone. Well, I maybe know there wasn't anyone there that day that could have thrown the first stone except Jesus. But he said to them, you that are without sin, you cast the first stone. And after a quick examination of their heart, they had to confess and had to realize that they weren't perfect, that they weren't holy, that they weren't righteous, that they had no right to cast any stones at anyone else because they were just as bad as she was. All of them had to turn and leave because they knew in themselves that they were not without sin. 
If you here this morning are without sin, get ready to be translated. Hello? None of us, put me at the head of the line, none of us are without sin. None of us are, 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 we have not shed our sinful nature as yet. So the problem that we face is a sin problem. And the problem that we all must deal with is that our sin separates us from God. But the good news of the gospel, amen, is that God has answered our problem or God has an answer for our problem. Amen. The Bible says, and I call it the golden text of the Bible. But the Bible says in John 3, 16, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. And I love the next verse. Verse 17. Verse 16 should never be quoted without verse 17, in my humble opinion. Verse 17 says, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He came to deal with our sin problem. He came to deal with our sinful nature. He recognized that we had been separated from the Father because of our sinful nature. And he came to bring reconciliation and restoration unto you and I. God's answer to our problem is the good news. Of the gospel, Paul says in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believes, to the Jew and to the Greek. For therein, therein the word of God. Therein God's word is the righteousness of God. Revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. What he's saying is God, amen, came and God revealed himself through his word and gave us his son that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The good news of the gospel is that God recognized our predicament and he sent his son to do something about a problem that we could not fix. He sent his son to do something about the situation in our heart that we could not make right on our own. What we could not do on our own, he has already done for us in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the story of how he did that is wrapped up in a theological term called justification justification so let me define the word justification or justified the word justification means to declare righteous to declare righteous it refers to a verdict from a judge that allows a defendant to go free it means that the defendant 
had charges against him. And he has been declared not guilty. It means that the defendant is declared innocent of all of the charges. It means that the, the charges have been expunged from the record. It means that there's no record against him in the eyes of the law. It means that we were charged by the enemy. Amen. And Jesus sent his son, amen, to the cross of Calvary to pay the penalty. And now when we are in Christ, amen, God sees us and God says, not guilty. And I have no record of the charges against you. Now, it, I just, that's enough to make a Baptist shout. I mean, just stop and think about it for a moment. Stop and think about it for a moment. It's one thing to be set free, but it's another thing to have the record completely wiped clean. Hey, hello? You understand what I'm saying? I mean, it's one thing to be, amen, declared, you know, not guilty and you can now go free. But it's another thing to just have all of the charges removed. Well, you know what the Bible says about our sin and our iniquity when we bring it to the Lord? The Bible said that he removes it as far as the east is from the west, uh, never to be remembered against us anymore. Amen. Let me just tell you, if you have done some stuff in the past and you have repented of it and the devil comes along and taps on your shoulder and tries to remind you of what you did and how you failed and how you blew it. Amen. Let me just tell you, when God sees you in Christ, he doesn't see any amen, record of any of those things in your life. Mm. Hallelujah. If you're justified, the record is clean and clear against you. And you have every right to go free. If we apply that same spiritual or that same truth to the spiritual realm, it means that justification is the act of God whereby he acquits our guilty, sinful heart and he declares us to be innocent. And he declares us to be righteous in Christ Jesus. He was our substitute. He took our sins upon him on the cross. He took your sin and my sin upon himself on the cross. And instead of God taking out Instead of God taking out his wrath upon me, he took out his wrath upon his own son. You understand what I'm saying? He took my place. He took your place. Here's what the Bible says. Isaiah 53, verse 4 through verse 5, or through verse 6. Surely he, Jesus, has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. And yet we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. Uh, what does that mean? It means that God took out his wrath upon Christ on the cross. He was smitten for us. 
He was smitten. He, he bore our griefs, carried our sorrows. He was smitten and stricken of God and afflicted for me, for you. Amen. Mm. It goes on to say, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Verse 6, all we like sheep have gone astray and we have everyone turned unto his own way. And the Lord, amen, meaning God, the Lord laid on him, meaning Jesus, the iniquity of us all. God laid on him your sin and my sin. So this morning we need to understand that the problem that is inherent in our life is our sinful nature. And the answer to our problem is the justification that Christ came to give us. But now the question becomes how can we be justified? I want to break down verse number one into three parts. The means for our justification, the results of our justification, and the person of justification. The means being justified, the means of our justification. How are we justified? The means by faith. Having been justified by faith. The results of justification. What are the results of being justified? Having peace with God. Who is the person of justification? The Lord Jesus Christ. So number one, there are some who teach. There are some who teach that we must cooperate with the grace of God. And we must do good works or we must keep the law to be saved. What I'm saying is this is what they teach. They mean that, yes, we must accept Jesus, but we must do this, we must do that. And we must have a long list of do's and don'ts. And, and while we accept Jesus, if we don't do and we don't don't, then somehow we're just not quite measuring up. And we're not justified. Yes, we must receive Christ, but we must almost keep the law. Or we must also keep the law. We must, amen. And, and those that teach that, they, they put just as much emphasis on the works or the law or the do's and the don'ts as they do the receiving of Christ. But Paul makes it very clear in verse number one that we are not justified by do's and don'ts or the works of the law. He says that we are justified by faith, by faith. Yes, we as Christians are to be people of good works, but understand that it is not our good works that save us. There are, there are, there are religious institutions built upon the premise of good works. Hello? I'm not going to name names or, you know, but I'm just telling you there are religious institutions that are built upon the fact that we must do good works in order to be saved. That couldn't be further from the gospel truth. 
The truth is that we are justified by faith and by faith alone, being justified by our, our good works and the good works uh, that proceed out of our life. Amen. We need to understand that we're not justified by our good works, but that good works come or produced out of our life because of the fact that we've been justified. And don't get the two mixed up. Amen. We're not saved because of good works, but good works automatically are produced when we are justified by faith. Amen. Saints of God, understand that when I say we are justified by faith alone, what I'm saying is that, amen, we are justified by the work of Christ alone. That's why the doctrine of justification is so important. If we try to contribute anything more to our salvation than simply, than simply believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and reaching out and living our life for him and inviting him into our heart, then we cheapen his atoning work at Calvary. When we say, yes, it's Christ plus this and this and this, we're missing the mark. Are you following me this morning? Pastor Gary, do you have some scripture to prove that? I, I'm, I'm so glad that you asked. So Galatians chapter 2, verse 21. Paul said, I do not frustrate the grace of God. Listen to this. For if righteousness comes by the law, if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ died in vain. We're not justified by our good works. We are not saved by our good deeds. We are not justified by our giving. Yes, all of those things are good. All of those things are profitable. All of those things should be uh, fruits of our life, but they do not save us. We're not justified by our acts of kindness. Amen. We're not justified by anything we could or could not do. We're not justified, amen, by any of those things. But we are justified by the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. We are justified by the sacrifice of the Son of God. We are made righteous in the sight of God because of our faith in Him. And now when God sees us, He doesn't see our own sinful nature but he sees Christ in us the hope of glory hmm. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6 says for by grace are you saved through faith not through works not through the law but he meant for by grace are you saved through faith and then he says, and that not of yourselves. It is not of works, lest any man should boast. What does he mean by that? Somebody said, well, I fed 100 families at Thanksgiving. Wonderful. Oh, well, that's nothing. I am more righteous than that. I fed 1,000 families. Oh. No, 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 no. It doesn't have anything to do with that. That's great stuff. But, but that's not what saves us. He says, he says, it's not of works, lest any man should have that opportunity to boast. It is simply by grace through faith. Amen. Titus 
Are there any more verses in the scripture that, that you know, are in harmony with what you're saying, Pastor? Yes, there are. Titus chapter 3, verse 5. It is not by works of righteousness which we have done, but it is according to his mercy that he saved us, washing of the regeneration and renewing in the Holy Ghost. But listen, he says, it's not by our works. Galatians 2 and 6. He says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. Listen to this. For the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. By the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. Galatians 5 and 4. Christ is become of no effect to you. Whosoever of you are trying to be justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. Amen. You have, in other words, if you are trusting in a list of do's and don'ts, you have fallen from the grace of God. Galatians 5 and 4 in the God's word said those of you who try to earn God's approval by obeying the law, amen, have been cut off from Christ uh, and you have fallen out of God's favor. I don't know how you could put it any more clearly. Galatians 3, 24 and 25, wherefore, wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ. The law was, was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, Paul says, after that faith has come, when we have accepted Christ by faith, after faith has come, then we are no longer under the schoolmaster. What he's saying is we are no longer under the law. We are no under, amen, no longer under a list of do's and don'ts. Then how, amen, how are we restrained in our actions and our deeds? How are we restrained? Here's how we are restrained. The Bible said that the love of God has constrained us. Amen. I, amen, do the right thing because I don't want to offend him. If we walk in the spirit, the Bible said, we won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Hmm. Romans chapter 3, verse 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Drop down to verse number 28. And it says, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. It means that our justification has nothing to do with our works in keeping a list of do's and don'ts. But we are justified. We are justified by the blood and the sacrifice of Christ upon Calvary. He took our place. 
so that we could go free. And that our record could be expunged. And when God sees us, he no longer sees our sinful man or our sinful ways, but he sees the righteousness of God in Christ. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 8 says, listen to this, says, if, if we, or Paul is writing to the Galatian church, he said, if we or an angel from heaven preach unto you any other gospel than that which we have preached, he says, let them be accursed. So let, understand what, what Paul is saying is if anybody else comes along and preaches another gospel to you that you have not heard from the Apostle Paul, and I tell you I've shared the heart of the Apostle Paul here this morning. He's saying let that individual be accursed. Amen. We are justified by faith and by faith alone. And being justified brings peace with God. That's the results of justification, having peace with God. That's why the gospel is good news. That's why the gospel is good news. Because no matter, let me just be transparent with you, no matter how hard I try, I mess up. And y'all can look at me like you are John the Baptist, but I know you mess up too. It, it doesn't matter how much willpower I have. It doesn't matter how much determination I have. It doesn't matter. I mess up. But here's the good news. In Christ, I'm justified. And so that gives me peace with God. God no longer sees my mess up. God no longer sees my sinful way, my sinful nature. I come to him, I repent, I, I ask him to forgive me. And he's faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse from all unrighteousness. And he moves it away, gives me a cleanse. He said, come, now let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they will be white like wool. Though they be red like crimson, they'll be white as snow. Amen. Thank God that he can apply the blood and give us a clean heart. And that vast chasm that, that is between us is removed. And I can now draw near unto God the Father. I have peace to come boldly into his presence. Not in my innocence, but in his son's innocence. Hello? 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 17 through verse number 21 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, when we come to the Lord, we are in Christ. That's what he's saying. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things pass away. And behold, all things have become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation. Amen. Understand that we have been reconciled to God and now he asks us to be ministers of reconciliation for others. That is our work. He goes on down. 
to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, imputing, not imputing their trespasses unto them, amen, that they have committed, but giving them a word of reconciliation. And he says, if we are in Christ now, we are ambassadors. We are divine representatives of Christ. As though God did beseech you through us, we pray in Christ's stead, be reconciled unto God. And, and, and then get this last verse. For he, God, God the Father, for he hath made him, Jesus, to be sin for us. Him that knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He's saying that God made Christ to become sinful to carry our sins. He made Christ to bear that burden for us so that we might take and bear or wear his righteousness. Beloved, justification brings a relationship of peace with God. We, we can have peace with God the Father. The only one that can come and accuse you of the things that you have done in the past. So somebody needs to hear this because I think it's going to just set them free. But the only, the only reason that you remember those things that you did is your mind and the, in, in the enemy. The Bible said that the enemy is the accuser of the brethren. And so when, when the enemy brings back to your remembrance things that you have done, that you have repented over, I promise you, that is not God bringing those things to your remembrance because God doesn't have a record of it. God doesn't have a record of it. So when the enemy brings that to your mind, you can just look at the enemy and say, I don't know who you're talking about. No, no, I put that under the blood a long time ago. Hello? I've been made free. I've been justified, and I have peace with God. And now let's deal with the person of justification, and then we'll close. We come to the person of justification. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. It is through his sacrifice that we have grace, salvation, and atonement. There are two words that I want to share with you this morning, substitution and propitiation. They mean two different things, but he is our substitution and he was the propitiation for our sins. The word substitute means that he took our place upon the cross. Our great confidence in having peace with God and our great confidence in knowing that we have been saved and knowing that we have been freed is, is simply in the fact that he was our substitute. Amen. God's wrath had to be satisfied. If Christ had not come, his wrath would have been satisfied upon you and me. But Christ was our substitution, and he was punished for our sins. Now, the word propitiation means if you believe in the God of the Bible, there are some people that believe that God is just all love and, you know, everything is wonderful and God would never send anyone to hell. You, you haven't read your Bible. Hello? 
there's some people that, you know, believe that God is not a God of wrath and that, you know, God will just let everything slide. That's not so. That's not so. But the word propitiation means to satisfy wrath. It means to satisfy wrath. Amen. We were hopelessly deserving of the wrath of God for our sins, but God sent forth Jesus to be the propitiation or the satisfaction for the wrath of God to be poured out upon sin. In other words, Christ suffered the wrath of God for us upon the cross. Christ suffered the wrath of God upon Calvary for you and I. So let me just close here this morning by just sharing with you four real quick points. The source of our justification is by his grace. The grounds for our justification is by his blood. The means of our justification is by faith in him alone. The evidence of our justification is by our works. Our source, his grace. The grounds, his blood. The means, by faith in him alone. And the evidence of being justified is the fact that we produce the fruit of the Spirit. That we produce the fruit of the works of God. That when others see our life, they see Christ in us. Amen. Bow your heads, if you will, please, all over the building this morning, and we'll close. Father, I thank you this morning that in Christ we have been justified. We can't add anything to that. We can't add anything to that or we take away from the true message of the gospel. The enemy would like for us to believe that, yes, we need to receive Christ, but that we must do this and this and this and this and that. Lord, help us this morning to just put away the list and love Jesus. Love him so much that our heart is for him and that our heart longs to be with him and that our heart constrains us and causes us to reject our sinful nature that we are accepted in the work of Christ. And yes, I pray, Lord, that the evidence of our relationship will be, will be evident to everyone by the works that are produced in our life. That the evidence of you living in us will be evidenced by the things that we do, the things that we say, the places that we go, the things that we refrain from. Help us to understand this morning that we in Christ have an absolute clean slate. That our sins have been removed as far as the east is from the west. That they are never to be remembered against us any longer. That the penalty for those sins have been paid for in Christ. 
I pray, Father God, that you will allow this word to penetrate our hearts and give us courage and boldness and peace in the presence of our Father. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Justified by faith alone. How many of you here this morning would be willing to say, Pastor Gary, I needed to hear this message today because I've been beating my setup, myself up over the head for this and that and some other thing, and I realize that I've just been beating myself up for nothing. God bless the hands going up. Yeah, yes, yes. God sees hands lifted here this morning. Stand to your feet, and I'm going to pray with you. Cody is going to come and lead us in a worship song and we'll close. Father, you saw every single hand that went up this morning. Give them the assurance this morning that we are justified by faith alone in you. That the just shall live by faith. And Lord, in that in that truth we rejoice. And we accept peace with God. And Lord, in that truth, let our lives be the evidence. Let it be a settled work in our spirit. That's why Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation because it's in the word of God. That the righteousness of God is revealed. That the just shall live by faith. You can't add anything to it. It's a completed work. Anything that you try to add will just simply pollute it. It is a gift of God not of works, lest any man should boast. Oh, what a gift we have been given. That's why the Bible says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? He's done everything for us in Christ. And if we reject him, then how will we escape the wrath of God? We won't. Touch our hearts here this morning. Strengthen every individual. Let the word just be planted deep within their soul and bring forth fruit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.